Well, welcome once again to another death-defying discussion. And I'm Michael Williams. I'm uh, an end-of-life uh, planning facilitator, and I'm here with my colleague, Diane DeVivo. Hello, Diane. Hey, Michael. Good to see you uh, again. Yep. So, so today, um, we wanted to talk about uh, choosing an executor for your will. Um, many people, well, I was going to say many people have wills. Uh, I was just reading a statistic, Diane, that um, both in the UK and the United States and Canada, only about 60% of people have a completed will. Wow, that's that's lower than I thought it would be. Yeah, I thought so too. Um, and it may be it includes people who haven't updated their wills in a, in a long right. time. But uh, that's still a significant um, you know, number of people. Um, who need to get a will. And one of the, uh, the first decisions that you will need to make is who is going to be the executor of your will. Why is that important? Well, because that person is going to be the key person. Uh, they're going to be the link between your wishes and your family, um, your community, you know, charities, if you've included them in, in your will, um, your pets, uh, so on a very really important um, link that that person um, will become, and they have uh, there are a lot of responsibilities because you won't be there to check up on them. I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Yep. So so Diane, I got to ask you: Do you have a will? I do. I do. And an and executor. You know I do have an executor, but but one of the things that's interesting is um, I find uh, in my situation, which I, I don't think is is terribly uncommon, um, is was the the difficulty, because I don't have the right executor. Um, my executor is my sister, who's about a year and a half younger than me. So she's my same generation. And um, it's probably okay for now because she's alive and healthy. But as I look at this, I think, and because I don't have kids, I think um, you really should have an executor who is probably a generation younger than you, or at least you know a couple of decades younger than you just so that there you have some consistency um, so that they're in it for the long term. Otherwise you have to keep changing executors. Um, so one of the problems I have is uh, who, right. You know, who could I make either a co-executive executor who's younger or a backup executor if I wanted. And so that's one of the things for me, because as a single, an older single adult, um, a lot of my friends are around my age. Uh, my relatives are around my age. My siblings are around my age. Um, so it's, and I have two nephews. Um, so one of them might work to be, to be an executor. Um, but they're pretty uninformed about all of this stuff. So I would have to, because I think one of the other things about picking an executor is to have someone who is knowledgeable doesn't have to be a tax attorney or an attorney at all, but someone yeah. who at least understands some of the responsibilities of being an executor. Just to give an overview, they are there to um, oversee the distribution of any funds uh, that are in a part of your estate. Um, they can act on behalf of your business and, and the financial interests uh, around that business. Um, they're there to, to also distribute your property, your material, 
um, belongings and so on, and to ensure that they go to whoever you wanted them to go to. Now, uh, the the term executor that, that we're using, and and I understand that the female version of is executrix. Um, sometimes see no. that, um, and in some places the executor is referred to uh, as here in Ontario as the estate trustee. Um, so it's a little bit um, a little fancier term, and, uh, and, and in I've Quebec also they call heard... it, well in Quebec they call it the liquidator. Oh, geez. Yeah. Um, sounds like something that I've, Arnold Schwarzenegger might play. I know. I know. I've heard it also call your personal representative. Right. Yeah. So that's another term that I've, I've yeah. heard as well. Um, so we're going to use the term exec- executor, yeah. but we but we recognize that uh, there may be different terminology depending on where you are. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so so you mentioned I just want to go back to your situation. You had chosen your sister who's a little bit younger than you, but as you said, uh, same generation. Why might that present a challenge? Um, I, I, well, let me let me start with the uh, the sort of the opposite. The the good thing about it is she's someone I trust. Yeah, she has uh, she was my mother's executor, so she has some understanding of how to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, she and her husband are in you know good financial situation, so I don't have to worry about you know what I want done not being done. Mm-hmm. Um, she's very reliable. She's responsible. So on the positive side, she's actually a very good choice for me. On the right. other side of it is if something should happen to her, let's say that she passes away before I do. Now I have to find another executor. So right. I think the key is if you can somehow find all those positive things that, that, I, that I, and the reason I trust my sister in someone younger, um, the other thing is she understands I've talked and we've talked about the kinds of things I want done, the things that are important to me. I have cats. I'm very um, concerned about what happens to them. So, and she knows that. And, and so I'm fairly close to my sister. So that closeness um, breeds the familiarity that I'm comfortable with. So, right. but, but if something happens to her, then who's next? Then I have to go looking for another executor and start over again. You know, even if you have someone younger, something could always happen to them. And so that there's nothing. But the idea that when you have someone who's close in age to you, um, you know, it's almost and this is pretty harsh, but who's going to die first? Yeah. So there's there's a couple of things that have come out of what you said there. Uh, One of the key criteria for choosing uh, an executor is trust. That, that is somebody that you trust and uh, yep. they will need to be trustworthy. Um, that, that, yeah, you're absolutely right. That is very important that you must have the confidence in their ability to uh, see your, your wishes through. And, uh, right. but the other side of it is if you choose somebody close to your own age, yeah, there, there's a, a chance that they could, um, they could die uh, before you, which you'd have to choose somebody else. Um, or they could die shortly after you and may not be able to carry out um, all of their responsibilities. Because typically, um, the administration of an estate can take anywhere from a year to a year and a half, and sometimes right. longer, depending on the complexity. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so trust is re- really important. Um, I mentioned the time, and that's a, a, another thing that sometimes people forget. There are a lot of responsibilities, um, duties that come with the um, the role of executor, 
So it needs to be somebody who's willing to do it. And I have met people who said, yes, I do have a point as somebody as an executor. But, you know, as the conversation goes on, I discover that they actually haven't either told the person that they're the executor, they plan to tell them later, um, or they, they certainly haven't had a conversation about what's involved. And uh, I've yeah. heard people say, wow, I was just surprised to find out that I'm the executor on my brother's will. Um, I don't know yeah. what that involves. And and I think um, uh, that raises in my mind just a, a quick story. When when after my father died, my mother did not have a will, and she decided she needed to have one because she was the sole surviving parent. Um, and now we were all adults at the time because um, you know my father died at when we were adults. So my mother called me one day, and she's I'm the oldest of the four kid of of her four children, and so you would naturally think that. I would be the executor. And so she called me one day and um, she said, I just want to let you know that I, I want to appoint your sister as my executor. Are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. Now, having that conversation was great because I knew exactly why she was doing it. I was five states away, uh, 500 miles away, living in another state. My sister was 100 miles from where my mother lived and went to see her once a month. Um, I basically got up to see my mother maybe a couple of times a year. So it made sense that um, she would appoint someone who was close by, someone that she trusted, someone who had a more intimate knowledge of, of what my mother wanted. So that made um, a lot of sense to me. So having that conversation was um, important because I didn't yes. feel, I, did, I wasn't surprised when my mother did pass away unexpectedly and my sister took over. We, we knew it. Yeah. So I think it's important to have that conversation. Very, yeah, absolutely right. Very important to, to talk with the person that you want to be your executor um, so that you can uh, explain your wishes and not just the executor, but the conversation with the family right. um, and, you know, others, you know, siblings, other siblings, so that they do know the context for your decision, why you've chosen uh, a certain person to be, uh, to be the executor. You're right. Traditionally, the oldest sibling was often the one that was um, asked to to perform that duty. Um, but nowadays, people choose um, best friends. Um, yeah. Could be a son or a daughter. It could be an uncle or an aunt. Uh, it could be a lawyer or an accountant. Um, now, the reason for doing somebody outside the family is that many people feel it's a good idea to have someone who's not so or would not be so emotionally involved. Um, when it comes to administering the will. Um, so that is something to to take on board as well. So um, one of the things that in, in this, I think, um, it, it, that occurred to me is, and you had start you you had had started going there, and that was availability. You know, is mm-hmm. the person available to do it? Um, if, yeah. if you've got someone who's in a high stress job, um, uh, maybe uh, some a, a relative who's a single parent with some kids, that's really, is that person going to have the time to administer yeah. your estate the way you want it done? So, yeah. so appointing, having a discussion with someone also involves, are they available to do it? Because there are a lot of yeah. things that need to be done. Um, yeah, in, there are. In the estate. They're absolutely, I mean, they, they have to do things like pay off uh, the, the debts. Um, that Close might, down accounts. Uh, Closing accounts, uh, receiving any money that that's owed. Yeah. If perhaps you know, if you're in business and you're owed money, you 
Uh, you've got to collect that money. Um, you're responsible for seeing that the final tax return is done. Yep. Um, distributing assets, gifts, any trusts that have been set up need to be administered. You may, you may even be called to, upon. Go ahead, Diane. I was going to say, you may have to, in, in the case of my mother, she had a car to sell and we yep. had a house right. that my sister had to put on the market. Yep. But before it could go on the market, it had to be cleaned up and everything had to be taken. So all of that was the responsibility that my sister took on. Yeah, executors are often expected to be responsible for handling uh, the funeral, um, yeah. Yeah. burial or cremation, um, the organization of, of, you know, people getting together. Um, they, they're also, um, they're going to be the key person who will be communicating with the rest of the family while the estate is being settled. So they need to be good communicators and have a, well, a, a good relationship, a good uh, open relationship with the family. And, and can deal with any questions that come up or any conflicts and, and that sort of thing. So, and they may have to deal with professionals like lawyers, creditors, the courts, um, and, and government uh, tax agencies and, and yeah. those kind of people. So it, it's time consuming, it can be stressful. An executor can refuse the role at the beginning, but once they accept it, they are bound uh, yeah. to carry it through. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, uh, yeah, I was going to say one of the other things is that um, that I that I was thinking about, you know, in terms of a situation like mine is having a co-executor. What do you think about a co-executor? I, I think it's. um, Yes, I think I mean, in, in fact, in, in many cases, um, you are certainly legally allowed to appoint a um, like an alternative or a co-executor. Uh, well, there are two different things. You can have a co-executor, but you can appoint up to in many cases. Uh, four, um, you know, four people. You can nominate four people to uh, to be available for the role. Um, with a co-executor, it has been done. Um, sometimes uh, a parent will choose, you know, their siblings or two of the siblings or even three, even four siblings. But the problem there is um, whether you give them the power to make decisions jointly, or uh, as lawyers say, jointly or severally, which meaning that do you require um, your co-executors co, uh, to agree uh, before a decision uh, is carried out, or will you allow them to make decisions separately, um, you, know, a, a, you know, apart from one another um, without having to consult necessarily? So obviously, you know, they say too many cooks spoil the broth, um, but at the same time, an executor might very much appreciate getting help um, from, yeah. from you know, someone who might have expertise in other areas, um, such as digital assets. I mean, that's something we'll talk about in the future, but Good point. Good ad point. administering your, your digital life, you know, and all the assets that you have online, that may not be something that the person you appoint as your executor of your estate may not have the time or the expertise to do that. So very often many people have a um, kind of a separate, a digital executor, a digital trustee to, to uh, take care of that separately. Yeah. And that may be outlined in the will that that's a separate, you know, separate thing. The, the other thing I was thinking, and this, this may not be a co-executor, but it crossed my mind in terms of pets. Um, and we've talked mm. about this before that in, in at least in the U.S., most states consider your pets like your furniture. They're considered property. They're mm -hmm. not considered mm -hmm. as sentient beings, if you will. Yeah. And so they're treated legally 
um, like your couch or your kitchen table. Um, and, and, and as a pet owner, a longtime pet owner, that, that, that bothers me a great deal. So one way to, to get around that might be to, to just name someone to handle your pets. Um, so it wouldn't be necessarily a co-executor, but you would have someone who is legally bound because it would be in your will to where the executor would say, okay, um, I need to, as far as your pets are concerned, I need to contact this person. They're the ones who are going to be responsible for taking care. Um, and then you talk with that person perhaps about, well, not perhaps, you would talk to that person about what you want done with your pets. And it may be just finding a new home for them. And maybe they may take them in whatever your, your wishes are at that point. So, you know, what I'm seeing is that this is, you know, particularly the digital part of it too. And I'm glad you mentioned that because that, that occurred to me as well as having someone separately for, for, you know, digital, your digital um, life. Um, So it seems to me that more than that, there's a whole lot more to picking an executor than saying, or I'm going to have my oldest child do it, or I'm going to have my sister yeah. do it. There's a lot more yeah. to think about. There, there is. And, um, you know, I think when I, when I first uh, put a will together some years ago, I, I, I chose my oldest son. Um, but then on, you know, he lives not near me. And I, I started thinking about that. And I thought, I think I'd prefer somebody, um, you know, in the same city that I live in so that they would be available, you know, to go to the banks and talk to people and so on. It, it's it's not a prerequisite, you know, that the your executor has to live in the same place as you do. Right. So much now is done on uh, by telephone and on Zoom. But um, but it can be very helpful and people can feel more confident if they know that the person is uh, is close at hand. Uh, to deal with with family members um, if they happen to live in the, in the same area, but I, I just wanted to maybe just um, just sum up some of the things we've been talking about there. So what we've been talking about is we want somebody who is comfortable with the responsibility mm-hmm. that they have time to to carry out their duties. Um, that yeah, that they they are available mentally and emotionally. Yes. Um, that they, they may have to travel, you know, they may, they yeah. might have to travel for, you know, for, for some things. Um, definitely somebody that, um, that you trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, the will is a legal document. And so it's, you know, the, it has to be carried out according to the law uh, and according to your wishes. So you want somebody that you trust and have confidence in, and you want somebody that is going to be around after you're gone. And, you know, somebody who's not going to be, you know, who's not going to be ill or has a, a terminal illness or, you know, I, I know we can't always guarantee everything, but um, so choosing somebody younger than you is probably a good idea. Um, and it's also, I think, a good idea to review your choice, um, you know, perhaps every year um, to, you know, to ensure that you still feel, you know, confident or that person still feels um, up to the job as well. So you want honesty, you want somebody who's ethical, organized, um, financially literate, you know, can understand lawyers and banks and, ta- you know, understand some of the basics of taxation and all that kind of stuff. Um, somebody who's impartial, uh, good communicator, um, and cool-headed because, you know, um, wills can often bring out <laughs> the the best and the worst of people. <laughs> people can get upset <clears throat> over over the um, the details of a will when it's been been revealed, um, particularly if they 
don't know about it beforehand. They can wonder why, you know, the person who made the will made uh, made certain decisions if it hasn't been talked about. And remember, the executor is going to be the one who reveals um, what those decisions were. And there's one other yeah. thing, you know, as you were going through this list, I was thinking, wow, that's a lot for someone to do. You really, yeah, need I know, special people. But let's say you do, you have somebody, and then it's a matter of do you pay them. And there are a lot uh, of people yeah. who think that an executor should not be paid. And that's not really true. Um, no. We often think about, um, you know, when I, um, before I, I moved up here to Massachusetts, I was living in another state and I had a friend as my executor because she lived in the same state. We were close. She knew what I wanted. And I made um, provisions in my will for her to be paid. But with my sister, it's funny because when I moved back, when I moved here and I redid my will and I had my sister, I didn't make provisions in my will for my sister to be paid. And I'm just thinking about that and thinking that's a little unfair. And I think the way that you can pay people is either you can give them a percentage of your assets. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could like um, you could just outright pay them because if you got a third party, if you got an attorney or an accountant or someone like that to um, be the executor and executor of your will, you're probably going to have, they're probably going to require payment as an executor. Yes. So one of the things to consider is, is paying an executor and, and keeping that, you know, making that a part of your will as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and, you know, in some places um, there are expectations um, and uh, you know, that an executor is paid and others, you know, it's not so, uh, so much. But certainly, um, legally, executors do have uh, the right to um, reclaim uh, expenses yes. um, that they've accrued. Any court would, would probably award, you know, allow the executor those expenses. Um, certainly, you know, if, if you had a lawyer, if you appointed a lawyer to be your executor, they most definitely take a fee. And, and that can vary anywhere from, you know, two and a half to six percent, I've read, uh, of the total value of your estate. Yes. So it's uh, it's not small change. So I think, you know, I've, I've what I've read is, you know, anything like three or four percent um, of the value of your estate is often a fee that can be given to the executor. But again, you know, you can stipulate that. But I would say talk to the executor, get their feelings about it. It is a lot of work. It's at least yes. um, a year to a year and a half of work. Yeah, and, and I think I think sometimes um, I, I know because um, uh, I'm just thinking if you if you were to um, assign, let's say you had three kids and you were to assign one of your children. So let's say your estate is you know kind of a middle class estate, and you're just going to divide it up equally among your three children. Um, mm-hmm. For you know maybe with a, a few things going to one child that you know you know some so some decisions like that. So one of the things you could do is instead of saying well each of the well let me say four children the math is easier. Everybody gets 25% of my estate. For the child that you uh, assign as the executor, maybe they get, you know, 28% of the estate and then the others get a little bit less. So it's one way to do it that way. And and I'm just thinking that I probably need to change my will and do that for my sister. <laughs> so that right. will be one of the things that I will be doing as well. Yeah. So it is another way to do it um, other than an outright payment. Um, yes. But you, I think you get a lawyer to do this and they're going to require payment. 
they will. You will. And and you, um, it's a good idea to find out how much ahead of time yes. um, that that is going to be. And um, we talk about the value of an estate. That's not a guess. That's not left to guesswork. <clears throat> that means that um, the executor has to have your estate evaluated. Um, yes. You know, for tax purposes, but also, you know, for um, for the sake of administering the will, uh, you have to have a fairly accurate um, value uh, placed on on, a, on an estate. So that means, you know, evaluating cars, houses, um, book collections or, you know, antiques or, you know, whatever you have, investments and all those sorts of things. So, again, that you know, it's time consuming and very often um, executors are advised to um to hire professionals to do that, an accountant or a financial advisor. So that again, there's extra costs there. Another question that came up and I hadn't thought about, but now that we're, we're having this conversation, uh, I can imagine anybody out there who's considering being an executor, is there any like personal risk to acting as an executor? Interesting. My, first, my first thought was, well, I don't think so, but actually there is. Um, and, uh, yeah, so at least, you know, here in Canada and I would think elsewhere in North America, um, because we are a kind of society that, um, holds people legally, you know, liable, uh, for all their decisions. But what I, what I've read certainly here in, in Canada and Ontario, that executors can be fined up to 3% of the entire estate. Oh, wow. um, if they've been found to have benefited from making a mistake, mm. um, and and that can that can often mean because sometimes the executor is also um, a beneficiary of the mm. you know of the estate. They might be an heir, like a son or a daughter, who mm. is also going to inherit. Um, and in severe cases, they can even be put into put in jail uh, up to two years. Mm. Uh, I, I would think in that case you would have had to done something you know pretty. Um, you know, pretty bad. But so, of course, not to my surprise, there is such a thing as executor liability insurance. Uh (laughs) Yes, which other other companies will will sell you to protect you. Um, So if you if you are an an executor and, uh, you you know, you might want to look into that, Um, you, you know, there are law firms and uh, there's you can google uh, executor liability insurance and you'll find lots of people willing to advise you on that we we don't um uh, recommend anybody in particular about that um but you would need to look that up so there is some risk personal risk yeah yeah because if you know that if you agree to be an executor for someone and then you find out later that um there is contention among the heirs um you could find yourself in court yeah. just doing what you were asked to do. So that's actually a yeah. really good point. Yeah. So, um, so it is a, it's a, I hope we, what we're trying to get across here is that um, it's, it's a, a big responsibility. Um, it can be stressful and it can be time consuming. Um, we're not here to put people off becoming a, a, an executor Um it is very important that you do appoint one because if you die um, and you haven't done that, then the state will do it. The courts will uh, appoint an administrator, and um, and you might think, oh well, that's great, but they will charge for that. Yeah, so there can be a lot of problems for your loved ones, which is something that you're you really want to avoid because they'll be grieving your loss and they don't want to be upset with 
you know, legal issues and um, and that sort of thing. So it's well worth, um, I mean, I always recommend get a lawyer. I mean, it's money well spent. Diane and I, we, as, as end-of-life planners, it's we just want to provide you with the information and the reality of, of an executor's role and why it's important to think about it and to talk openly um, with uh, your choice um, and also with your family, your loved ones uh, about your choices. Think, I do think in, in, in most everything we do is we, you and I, uh, talk a lot about legacy. And mm-hmm. do you want your legacy with your family or your loved ones to be a fight over your estate. So you avoid those kinds of things, Um, you know, get an executor. Yeah. And, and also um, in some States in the, um, in America, um, the executor needs to be somebody um, who can be bonded Um, or, you know, again, another thing is like a criminal record uh, as as well can. uh, Yeah. uh, I was going to say it's, it's, I think that's one of the other things to touch on is you've got to figure out who's a qualified individual yeah. to be your executor because they will have to sign checks. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, um, you know, they, they, if they've got a, a, a criminal past, particularly felon, a felony that yeah. they're, they're disqualified from being appointed as an executor. Yeah. Any, anything else, Diane, that you wanted to um, raise? I can't think of anything except the fact that I realized in my will, I didn't pay my sister as an executor. So I think one of the things I need to do is change my will to do that. Right, right. Well, Diana, uh, I think um, I think that perhaps we probably uh, hope we haven't overwhelmed you with all of that. But I hope that I hope not some either. of the main the main points have have come across in in uh, in our discussion today. There is a lot of um, useful material out there on the internet. Um, I w- would um, uh, encourage you to either get in touch with Diane or I, um, and you know we can you know, we can answer some of your questions. Um, we're not we're not legal professionals. We're not lawyers ourselves. Um, so uh, any legal questions, I would suggest that you uh, ask your lawyer or, or seek uh, proper legal advice. Choosing an executor very important. It's part of your will, and you definitely want to have a will. And we'll talk yes. about wills um, in a, another uh, another discussion and another day. I think that's it. Thank you. Thank you all for that's- listening. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. For- reading this. Diane, thanks Thanks very much. And um, we'll see you next time for another uh, Death Divine Discussion. Death Divine Discussions is recorded on the traditional territories of the Erie, Neutral, Huron-Wendat, Haudenosaunee, and Mississaugas Indigenous peoples. And our theme music today is by Kevin McLeod.